Trinity United Methodist Church in Ruston, Louisiana. Our prayer is that God uses this time to speak specifically to you, regardless of where you are on your faith journey. We'd like to also invite you to worship with us every Sunday morning at 1045, either in person or online at www.trinityruston.org. Thanks for listening. Our lesson this morning is from Genesis, the first chapter, the first two verses of the Bible. In the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, the earth was a formless void, and darkness covered the face of the deep, while a wind from God swept over the face of the waters. Friends, this is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Didn't like the sermon I preached at nine o'clock, so I'm rewriting it. You ready? There was this preacher who preached from a manuscript. I, I have notes. But this preacher preached from a manuscript. Every word was written down. And this one particular Sunday, he was really in a hurry to leave his office. And he grabbed up his manuscript partially. He got everything but the last page. He didn't know it. Got in the pulpit and he was preaching away. I mean, he was what we say blowing and going and just having a great time preaching the word. And he was preaching about Adam and Eve. And he was going on and he got to the point in the sermon and the, the page read, and Adam said to Eve, and he flipped it. There was nothing there. And he looked down, he put the page back, and Adam said to Eve, and he flipped it, and there was nothing there. So as if by some miracle windows will fix itself, if you just keep clicking the same button, he went back the other time, and Adam said to Eve, and under his breath he said, my soul, there appears to be a leaf missing. Now, some of you are wondering, what does a leaf have to do with it? A page was once known as a leaf. There you go. So I got my sermon notes, and I'm going, what did I do with my Wesley quotes? But through the miracles of technology, in a minute, we will have our Wesley quotes as I rewrite the sermon in my brain. Because over this past two years, you've heard that John Wesley was this avuncular, nice old man who never said anything that offended anybody, right? Everybody's quoting that John Wesley verse, or that the words, do no harm. John Wesley said, if your heart's right, give me your hands. So John Wesley just agreed with everybody and he got along with everybody and he loved everybody. This is a quote from John Wesley. Put the A quote up on the screen so I can read it along with the congregation. Aren't you glad we have technology? Whew. I disclaim all common swearers, Sabbath breakers, drunkards, all whoremongers, liars, cheats, extortioners. In a word, all that live in open sin. These are no Protestants. They're no Christians at all. Give them their own name. They are open heathens. They're the curse of the nation, the bane of society, the shame of mankind, the scum of the earth. That's John Wesley. 
I had to go check that quote because I didn't believe what I was reading, so I went back to the original source. Yeah, he said it. That's why when Wesley preached, people threw rotten fruit at him. If they had rotten fruit, they would chunk it at him. If they had broken bar furniture, they threw it at him. That's why they ran him out of town because John Wesley, as we say, told the calf where to bite the cabbage. He preached the truth. He was stout against sin. He wouldn't wink at it. He wouldn't nod at it. He called his church into social, scriptural holiness. He called us to deal with human hurt and pain in a way that brought the gospel of Christ to bear on those human beings. John Wesley also believed in the power of the Holy Spirit. Here's what Wesley said about the Holy Spirit. This is number B. And the technology people are going to help the preacher. See how they help me out. I believe in the infinite and eternal Spirit of God, equal with the Father and the Son, to be not only perfectly holy in himself, but the immediate cause of all holiness in us. Enlightening our understanding, rectifying our will and affections, renewing our natures, uniting our persons to Christ, assuring us of the adoration of adoption as sons, leading us in our actions, purifying and sanctifying our souls and bodies to the full and eternal enjoyment of God. Have you been so sanctified that God enjoys you? We Methodists talk about prevenient grace, sanctifying and justifying grace. Eventually, we get around to talking about sanctifying grace. The notion of sanctifying grace is that God is in the process of making us all saints. I'm going to get to that in a couple of weeks. God is in the process of making us holy, and to the degree we allow the Holy Spirit access to our lives and to the degree that we open our lives to the power of the Holy Spirit, God cleanses us and makes us new. In the Methodist church, we believe something called entire sanctification. We believe that as the Holy Spirit comes into your life and as you open your life up to the power of Christ, you can be so godly that eventually you don't sin anymore. You ever heard of that? Not sinning anymore? There was a controversy in the Methodist church back in the 1870s and 1880s. There were two groups. There was the entire sanctification group. They believed that the Holy Spirit could so possess you and take control of your life and so cleanse you of sin that that sin would decrease and Christ would increase. And that you, through the power of the Holy Spirit, could achieve in this life something known as sinless perfection. The other group believed that no matter how hard you work and how much you prayed and how much you opened your life to the Holy Spirit, you were always going to be a sinner and you could never overcome sin in your life. And these two groups were just, they didn't get along. Does that sound familiar? 
And eventually in the Methodist church, they decided to choose sides. They wanted to vote up or down. The group that believed in sinless perfection, the group that believed in entire sanctification, that group went off and they became the antecedents to the Pentecostal Holiness Church, the Pentecostal Church, and the Assemblies of God. The Methodists that believed you would never get good enough and you would never overcome your sin, guess who they became? Us. Does that sound familiar? The Holy Spirit is that part of the Trinity that lives in you. Paul said, you're the temple of the Holy Spirit. That means God walks with you. Every place you go, God is going with you. Y'all, I went to seminary in New Orleans. We were required the three years there to do street ministry, and most of us chose to do street ministry either in the French Quarter and or on Bourbon Street. And I want to tell you, there are some people that go to New Orleans and wreck their temples. There are some people in Ruston, Louisiana that wrecked their temples. Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Be careful where you're taking your temple. Be careful what you're doing to your temple. Likewise, the blessing is your body is the temple of God, the temple of the Holy Spirit. You can take the church You can take the church with you. You can become a rolling, roving, mobile church. You can make a difference in people's lives by the way you live your life, by the way you allow the Holy Spirit to enter your life and fill your life. You can, through the power of the Holy Spirit, develop and encourage the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. You can actually get to number nine, self-control. Quit praying for it. Just allow God to give it to you. Does that help you now? Are you loving? Are you joyous? Do you have peace? These are all manifestations of the Holy Spirit of God working in you. Sanctification is a process by which we open ourselves up to God, by which we realize we're the temple of the Holy Spirit. This is God's temple. I need to be careful with the temple. And when we realize what Paul said, that where the Spirit of God is, there is freedom. We're talking a lot about freedom this weekend. With the Spirit of God brings you freedom. The Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit can set you free from your addictions. The Holy Spirit can set you free from your destructive ways of living. The Holy Spirit can set you free from depression. The Holy Spirit can set you free from wandering around life, wondering what it is God wants me to do. The Holy Spirit can bring you freedom to thrive, to enjoy life, to experience the blessings of God. 
The Holy Spirit sanctifies us and makes us holy. And the Holy Spirit creates serendipity. Serendipity. I've heard you tell stories of serendipity in your life, of weird things that happened, and you wondered, why did that weird thing happen? You just happened to be at the right place at the right time. Back in the day when we lived in Natchitoches, Tamara and I owned, yes, Tamara and I owned a party barge. The preacher had a party barge, yes. And I do know that a boat is a hole in the water in which you pour your money. And we would take the party barge down the Cane River Lake, 32 glorious miles from Natchitoches to the dam at the south end of the lake. I burned about a whole bunch of gasoline all day. That boat did not get good gas mileage. But it was a fine party barge, y'all. Had a stainless steel grill on it. Had a ski bar on the back. Had an extra battery and inverter. I had a clergy cooler and a layperson's cooler. I only drank from the clergy cooler. Knew where all the great stops were along the Cane River Lake. We had church members that had infinity pools with a water slide, had to stop there. They also had a putting green. Now, if you're frustrated on your boat, you need to stop at a church member's house who has a putting green in their backyard. That'll really frustrate you. I knew where you could go for gas and lay people's beverages. Yes, they had frozen lay people's beverages. The gas was about $4 a gallon. I don't know what the margaritas, I mean the lay people's beverages were. But it would take us about four hours to go up and down the Cane River and we would see people and wave to people. And I got real suspicious because around 4th of July weekend, my church members would ask, Preacher, are you going to be out on the boat this weekend? Because we're all going to be down at the lake on the south end. Now, they told me non-preacher things happen down on that south end of that lake. And I would say, no, I'm not going to be there. And you see them go, that's great. One Sunday afternoon, Tamara said, let's go for a boat ride. So we packed up the boat and... Um, jumped in only had one cooler that trip it's a Sunday afternoon so I'm drinking clergy beverages we're enjoying the Cane River Lake there were party barges there were ski boats and there were the most obnoxious ungodly craft ever invented in the portals of hell jet skis You know, you're in your party barge. I had 24 feet of, this thing does not have brakes. Do not cut in front of me. Puttering along. I didn't putter, man. Firewalled it most of the time. I didn't putter. And jet skis, zoom, 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 zoom. Well, we got down near one of the landing and there was this jet ski right in the middle. 
and it appeared to be in jet ski distress because it was just sitting there. You know, when you have a boat or you have a party barge, you have this oar with you. So if you break down, you can row your boat ashore. Jet skis don't have those. (laughs) And this jet ski was broken down. (laughs) And I circled back around. And I yelled, need some help? Said, can you give me a tow? Absolutely, I can give you a tow. Throw the rope out, tie off to the back cleat, and start towing the jet ski. Now, if you're out on the Cane River Lake on a, a, a Sunday and your jet ski breaks down, Do you want the person who stops and helps you to be the pastor of the church that you haven't attended for about five or six years? Well, he was. (laughs) And I knew who he was. And he was one of those Methodists. He hadn't gotten mad at anybody. He just found other things to do on Sunday morning, like get on the jet ski and go up down the Cane River Lake. And I towed him back into shore and and B.B. had to thank me. Preacher, you don't know who I am. I said, you're B.B. Martin. I know who you are. And I know when you come to church where you sit. And it began an opportunity to have conversations. And B.B. came back. And two years later, B.B. Martin died. And he shouldn't have. But before that happened, the Holy Spirit threw a door open. So the next time your jet ski breaks down, it might be the Holy Spirit. The next time something happens to you that is just not what you planned, it might be the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit calls us into sanctification, calls us into this deepening relationship with Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit creates opportunities for serendipity if you're open to it. That's why this morning, you know, the the words that um, we sent the lay people out to Jonesboro and, and Gibsland to preach, And lay people can't consecrate communion elements. Chris and I can. And the words where they're consecrated are the words where I say, pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and cup. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ that we may be for the world the body of Christ redeemed by his love. By his spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast his heavenly banquet. 
Amen. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here. What would it look like if God poured out his Spirit on us and we walked every moment of our lives filled with his Spirit? Let's find out. The body of Christ broken for you. The blood of Christ shed for you. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Refuge Podcast. To find out more about the Refuge and Trinity, visit us online at www.trinityruston.org.